is White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Deep array! It is gone! It's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon! What a performance! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Good afternoon, Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight as the day off as he's, I believe, traveling back from Arizona. So is Shane Orling with you, taking you right into White Sox baseball, White Sox Dodgers, Michael Kopech getting his second start of the spring, three innings pitched, one strikeout, no hits in the first outing. He'll try to repeat that against the Dodgers this afternoon. First pitch, 305 from Glendale. And opening day, not far off. The season starting the 31st and opening day here on the south side, April 3rd. Sox fans, opening day tickets are on sale now. Make sure you're here on April 3rd at 3.10 p.m. to watch your White Sox take on the San Francisco Giants. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. So where I want to get started today, and we'll have Jesse Rogers, he'll join us uh, in about 15 minutes. We'll talk to him and get the latest out of White Sox spring training. Um, where I want to start today, though, is if you want to weigh in, 312-332-3776. The World Baseball Classic's been going on, and some of the White Sox who haven't been with the team in Glendale have been performing really well. And it brings to mind the question uh, regarding the World Baseball Classic are, do you feel more confident in these guys who are out there playing and playing well and hot coming back and now joining the White Sox in the case of Eloy Jimenez, who has returned to the team uh, after the World Baseball Classic? He was 5 of 11 in the tournament. He played very well, uh, hitting well. He, he feels comfortable. Um, that's huge, I think, when you think about this White Sox team. And he even came back with manager Pedro Gafol saying we were going to give him a day off, but he told him, I want to play. Uh, Jimenez didn't want any time off. He went 5 for 11, like I mentioned, a double, two RBIs over three games for the Dominican Republic. That ended 2-2 in Pool D competition. Uh, they did not advance, despite being a pre-World Baseball Classic favorite. But the bright side, if you're looking for one, is how well Eloy played. He had an RBI single. Uh, he had a double off the wall. He's noticeably lighter, approximately dropping 25 to 30 pounds uh, before the start of camp. Just looks really comfortable in the batter's box. And the question then for Eloy, coming back to the White Sox and feeling more confident and feeling ready to go and feeling comfortable in the box does that make you more confident in what Eloy might be able to do for this team uh, when, with opening day really right around the corner? And he's not the only one who has been performing so well in the World Baseball Classic. Tim Anderson, play, moving to second base, playing to second base, 4 of 11. He's got four RBIs, a 10.53 on base plus slugging so far in the World Baseball Classic. He's been playing really well. It's just a good sign to me. So maybe the question becomes, if you're a White Sox fan, do you value a guy who, look, they go and play in the World Baseball Classic where the rule changes aren't there. There's no pitch clock. Uh, there's some of the things that have been going on in Major League Baseball that have been tested out in spring training. Guys aren't experiencing those. It's not being brought into their routine. Uh, so does that hurt them? Or are you more confident because they're playing so well? And then 
Nobody's playing better than Yuan Mankata, which is really good to see. His kind of breakout at the World Baseball Classic, 19 at-bats, 8 hits, 3 doubles, a home run. There's nobody playing better than a guy in Yuan Mankata who's hitting 417, 1259 OPS in the WBC. He's walked four times, only struck out three. So you have three White Sox right there in Eloy, in Tim, and then in Mankata, who had incredible World Baseball Classics, who are feeling comfortable. And obviously not all of them are back with the team yet. Eloy made his return. But how are you feeling when you hear that they're doing that well? 312-332-3776 if you want to weigh in on that. The news of the day out of Glendale. First baseman Andrew Vaughn, he's going to be sidelined for a few days with lower back soreness. Uh, Pedro Grafol said today uh, Vaughn, who has not played in a Cactus League game since Sunday, is day-to-day. Andrew's going to take a few days off, Grafol said. He has some lower back soreness, but he's day-to-day, and we're going to err on the side of caution. He's had a ton of at-bats. He's played a ton. He's doing well in the spring, 323, 364, 516 splits on a home run. Uh, with Jose Abreu gone, obviously he's expected to be the everyday first baseman, so Back issues, nothing to dismiss, but Griffel, he seems to think it's okay. He said he's in a good spot. There's no reason to push him through anything. I'm sure if you asked him right now if he could play, he'd say yeah. But we're not going to push him through anything right now. He's had a great camp. He feels comfortable at first base. We like where his swing is at. He likes where his swing is at, so we're good. Just give him a rest. He's day-to-day, though. So that's the news of the day. Andrew Vaughn's going to be sidelined for a few days with a lower back soreness. Uh, But it sounds like it's nothing to be super worried about so that's what we have in the mix this more uh this afternoon rather tim anderson eloy mancata playing well at the wbc uh let's get ron in the mix on the south side ron wants to talk about the key to the pitching lineup what's up ron yeah uh, good afternoon yeah I, i'm glad i'm hearing uh that they're healthy I, i'm uh the numbers don't mean too much to me i i don't you know i need to know a little bit more about the uh pitching they're facing but if they're healthy that's a good thing but uh, the, the manager, you know, said that he really thinks the strength of this team could be the pitch, and I will agree with him. Your front three, your top three pitchers, all have received Cy Young votes, and we know what Dylan Cease did last yep. year. Yeah, your number five, I think Clemens may be okay. The key, and I'm really looking forward to him pitching today. I'll be listening to the games I always do. Uh, Michael Kopech, that's the key. We've seen those moments where he was just very, very dominant, his health issues, you know. So uh, that's it. I think if uh, Michael Kopech is, 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 is healthy and gets another pitch to go with that fastball, that could be a very, very good bullpen and uh, could be the strength of the team. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, we Yeah, we saw Kopech last year at a uh, – ERA below his career average, 354. It's 364 for his career in 25 starts, uh, 119 innings pitched, 105 strikeouts. The result's not great, 5-9, and nine, but we know last year there was a little bit of an offensive struggle. It seems to me that this year that's been less of an issue. I mean, even looking around the White Sox in the spring, there's been flatline offense occasionally, but for the most part, they've been hitting well, and their stars, like I mentioned, are in that tournament, the World Baseball Classic. So the guys that are over there, I feel good that they're getting reps, that they're feeling comfortable. Guys like Yuan Mankata, who we've seen struggle at times in the major league uh, level, 
over there just having a hell of a tournament, hitting 421. Uh, the eight hits, like I mentioned, in 19 at-bats, three runs scored, three doubles, a home run, hitting the ball hard, making good contact. Tim Anderson getting comfortable at a new position at second base, four of 11 with four ribbies, you know, a 1053 OPS. And then Eloy also, and Eloy coming back and telling Grafool, uh, don't give me a day off. I'm ready to go. I feel good. It's time to get ready for the regular season. Um, that's positive to me. That feels like something we can look on the bright side. And then mentioning the pitching, we know what Dylan Cease is. I think the hope is Michael Kopech can kind of put together what he was able to do last year with the lack of run support and hopefully get a little bit more of that. If he continues to pitch the way he did last year and he can, it can add some off speed to what is one of the better fastballs in baseball, in my estimation. Uh, then you start looking at a guy who could be primed to have a really, really good season uh, for the White Sox. White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network. Connor has the day off. Shane Orling taking you right up to White Sox baseball, playing the Dodgers from Glendale Spring Training. And Michael Kopech, who I just mentioned, is getting that second spring training start. Like I said last time out, three innings pitched, a strikeout, no hits. So positive sign in that first outing. That's good to see from uh, Michael Kopech. And we just hope, you know, going forward that they continue to do that. Now, again, news of the day, Andrew Vaughn is not going to play. He hasn't played uh, since Sunday. He will be sidelined for a few days with lower back soreness. Pedro Grifoldo says it's just going to be a few days off. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse Rogers about this as well, see if we can get a little more info on what's going on with Vaughn and what he thinks about the guys over at the World Baseball Classic. But Grifol seems to think it's not a big deal. Uh, there's just no reason to push him through anything. So they're giving him a rest. He's day-to-day, but not a huge worry. He's still expected to be ready to go for opening day. And, of course, with Jose Abreu in Houston, Andrew Vaughn looks to be the Sox everyday first baseman, getting him out of some of those outfield reps and getting him more consistent reps in the infield, uh, maybe a little bit more stability he's been hitting well in the spring so that has been good to see uh, we'll talk to jesse rogers about what's going on with andrew vaughn what we're hoping to see from michael kopech what's been going on at the world baseball classic get a little bit maybe around baseball some bad luck for the mets we'll get to that and also baseball wants to uh, enforce a rule change a little stronger than they have in the past we'll talk about that a little bit and white Sox 10 game ticket plans give you the ultimate flexibility Pick games based on your schedule and your budget. Don't miss any of the action in 2023. And if you want more information on the 10-game plans, visit WhiteSox.com slash ticket plans or call 312-674-1000 for more information. Jesse Rogers joins us next. All things White Sox right here. White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network. Shane Orling and for Connor McKnight. White Sox Weekly with Connor McKnight. On the home of the White Sox. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White, White Sox, Sox Weekly. Weekly. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network and ESPN 1000. Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight. Today he has the day off as he travels back from Arizona, I hope, bringing some of the warm weather with him. 
And when you're headed to the rate this summer, experience all-inclusive food and beverage options, in-seat service, and complimentary parking in our premium seating areas. Plans start at 20 games for you or your business. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash premium or call or text 312-674-1000. Jesse Rogers joining us now to talk a little White Sox. Jesse, I understand you're back home in Chicago and... I guess you couldn't be bothered to bring any of the Arizona warmth with you, huh? <laughs> no, neither neither myself or Connor, I guess. Um, and it wasn't actually that warm out there. They, they've they actually had probably the worst winter and spring, certainly since I've been going out there, which is over a decade, and, and people that live out there have said it's been years and years and years, maybe a couple decades since they had such a cold and wet spring. And it actually impacted um, workouts and stuff. I mean, they just – these spring facilities aren't really sort of prepped for – all indoor work, if you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's 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 really a spring training day is based on being outside, and certainly the games are, the fields aren't even ready, you know, in terms of taking on a lot of uh, a rain. There's only been a few rain days, but a lot of cold days, so it's impacted things, especially my tan. Well, I do take a little bit of solace. First pitch today, game time weather in uh, Phoenix, sixty four degrees at Camelback Ranch. See what so I mean? Yeah, not not the warmest. I take a little bit of solace. It feels like here in Chicago, winter's been delayed by two or three months. It's glad, to, or it makes me a little happy at least that in Phoenix, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I used to feel when I was in Phoenix for five straight weeks at different various times, and and then seeing the the, the temperature here. But it's been kind of similar in a lot of ways. Now, not as cold as it is here, but there's been days when I was out there. Was like I looked at Chicago temps, and it was kind of similar. Um, but yeah, 64 in mid March is for people that have never been out there. That's cold. That's cold. By now, it's usually certainly by game time, like one o'clock out there. It's in the 80s. Sometimes the mornings are still cool. Anyway, it's just been a cold spring, so well, just they're dealing with it. And this maybe is a little galaxy brain by me. Couldn't that be an advantage for the White Sox a little bit when they come back <laughs> and they don't have to adjust so much to the brutally cold weather they're going to have here? I, it's not the most insane um, take that you've ever had. I, I get that, uh, but I would imagine the last couple weeks are going to warm up. So, so it you know it's all about what have you done recently, right? I mean, if they end spring and it's cold. Maybe, but even if it if it's sixty, it's not thirty, which it could be here. So it's it's hard to say that preps them. But in general, I mean, when you get the warm weather teams to come north in April, that that's good. Um, and so, yeah, anybody that the White Sox are hosting uh, from 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 warm weather or dome, you know, you have an advantage just based on that because those teams aren't used to it. So the Sox may not be used to it, but but let's just put it this way: they're used to Aprils in Chicago. They know what that feels like. <laughs> compared to some of these warm weather teams. Yeah, so I don't know if it's an advantage or not, but um, that's probably more than enough talk on the weather, right? I hope so. Uh, So (laughs) I want to ask about Andrew Vaughn. Uh, Says he's going to be sidelined for a few days. Pedro Gafol said today that he is going to be day-to-day with a back injury. Going to take a few days off. It sounds like it's not super serious. He's been hitting well, but opening day is 12 days away. Is, Is this anything that could derail his availability for opening day? I think anytime there's a back involved, you have to be worried. Um, I, I agree with what Grafal said. He's had plenty of at-bats. It's not like he has to have two straight weeks of them to be ready. I mean, you, you want a few in the final days for sure. So I, I think anytime it's a back in particular, like if it's an oblique, you know you're out. If it, you know, There are certain things yeah. you know you're out. There are certain things that you know, okay, he can do that. When it's a back, it's a little day-to-day because you know, you're swinging, you're right. I mean, he's not playing the outfield anymore, so that's good. 
So I think in you know, little concern, little concern if this was a week from now, more concern. So let's see what a few days uh, does. If he gets the final eight, seven, eight, nine days of at-bats, that's plenty. I mean, you don't want him out until like a day or two before. That that doesn't seem seem like a good formula. Well, I was just so going to ask. I think you have to, you have to follow. You have to kind of watch it day-to-day here. I was just going to ask, how much time do you really think he he needs to have to get back to being ready for opening day? He's had 31 at-bats. He's done well, 323, 364, 516 splits. Uh, how much time does he really need? Like, how many at-bat, more at-bats does he need to be ready to go opening day, do you think? It, it, it's about going back from opening day, how if he had four more days of bats now and was shut down, that wouldn't be good. But if he has the final four days of at bats late next week, that's okay. That's okay. So that's my opinion. I think you need uh, like four straight days, maybe five, the last four or five days to get at bats pretty much through, you know, through it, through the game, maybe come out after three at bats, four at bats and not, not play all nine. But anyway, that's the way I look at it. You need three or four or five straight days at the end. It really doesn't matter now. You know, he's getting it. You know, he has enough of bats now if the season started tomorrow. But if the season's, with the season starts in two weeks, he doesn't have enough. So it's it's about the end. What what are you doing at the end? How many of bats are you getting at the end to be in rhythm when they come back north or go to Houston, in fact? So I, I'd say four or five, the last four or five days to really feel comfortable he needs to be in the lineup. Talking with Jesse Rogers, White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network and ESPN 1000. Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight. Uh, Jesse, Michael Kopech on the mound today. Last time out, his first start. Three innings, no hits, just one strikeout. Feels like a low number for him. What What did he find there, though, that let him get no hits with just the one strikeout? And what should Sox fans be looking for when he's on the mound today? Yeah, more, more using more of his pitches, using the full array, and maybe you'll see the strikeout total go up. You can't be too worried about strikeouts in in March, uh, but that that's just to sort of um, expand his arsenal today to the next step. You know, he's coming off the um, the knee problem, so he's a little bit behind. But when you go off of last start, it looks like he's right back, uh, sort of up to up to speed where he needs to be. So it's just more pitches. Expand the expand the arsenal a little bit. Just take another step. That that's it. He's just like anyone else, but a little bit more, uh, behind. Um, I don't think you worry about any sort of the, any sort of stats other than getting his pitch count up and making sure he's starting to use all of them. I want to ask, too, about Oscar Colas, who seems to be ready to make a pretty good impact. He's had a nice spring. Uh, something that stood out to me, when he was a prospect, and he still is, but when he was really going through uh, uh, minor league baseball, the biggest gripe was always the strikeout rate. So far in spring, he's had more than 30 at-bats. He's only struck out once. Is that just small sample size? Or if you're a Sox fan, is this something you can really start to get excited about? No, I think you can get to ex- you can get excited about it because... It's it's a microcosm of, of you know in certain in terms of what you might see in 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 terms of plate discipline. What I'm getting at is, look, he's he's he knows he has a chance to be a starter, right? He's getting right now. He has the most at bats of any player. He's getting every chance every day to be in there, and he's not being anxious about it, right? You start swinging outside your zone when you're thinking about, oh, I could be the starting opening day right fielder. He's not doing any of that now. He's up to 40 at bats extra. He's now three strikeouts after yesterday. So, um, but that's still an incredible ratio that will not carry over to the regular season. But what could carry over is the moment uh, not being too big for him as a first-year player and a starter on a, on a team that hopes to contend. So that's what what I get out of it. He's not anxious. He's not swinging um, out of his shoes. He's not swinging outside the zone too much. 
he'll, those strikeout totals will go up against better pitching in the regular season. We know that. But it tells me about his makeup a little bit, seeing him out there and not trying to do too much right away in spring training. I like that. Uh, Jesse, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, and Yohan Mankata all putting together really nice tournaments in the World Baseball Classic. Mankata in particular, 8 of 19, three doubles, a home run, just hitting the cover off the ball. Is this something the White Sox fans could really take and go, that's a good thing that they're getting hot in the spring in a tournament where maybe they wouldn't be getting that hot in spring training, they wouldn't be getting those intensity of reps? Can you really project forward and say, this is great for the White Sox? The easy answer would be to say no, it doesn't mean anything in March. But I'm actually going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say yes. I've been saying this about just even Tim Anderson being on Team USA. It's kind of sort of up the intensity for him, up the level um, of of just understanding what it takes to be ready. Because I think the the Sox last year got in a little bit of a malaise, and they've, they've fallen back on these injuries and injury excuses. But this is forcing them to sort of lock in early here. And I like that idea. So, yeah, I, I think it could. You know, had a, and, and Robert had a terrible start. They, their first two games, Cuba lost both of them. They were like, you know, Mankata was 0 for 9. He was leaving. Guy, and then all of a sudden, they both kind of started to lock in. So, I, I think it could carry over. I, I really do. Eloy came back yesterday, doubled right away, um, could have taken a few days off. He didn't. He decided to play, you know, after the, the Dominican Republic got eliminated. I just feel like this is sort of up in the intensity for these guys. And this White Sox team in particular needs that. Even if it's a little artificial march, you know, sort of incentive to play hard now. Um, and then they, they may come back and take a little dip here at the last week or 10 days of, of spring training. I, I, I still think it's good for them. Whatever carries over can only be positive in my mind as long as they're not injured. Maybe it doesn't do anything, Shay. I don't know. But, but it, at the very least, the worst case is nothing. The best case is it locks them in and it reminds them, what it means to play intense baseball yeah. uh, from the get-go. And I, I, I like all that. So I think the WBC, WBC so far has been a huge positive for White Sox players. How excited can we get about Eloy? 5 of 11 in the tournament, coming back, like you mentioned. He was offered days off. He said, no, I want to play. Yeah. I want to get ready for the season. Obviously, the most important thing, he's healthy. Last year when he came back, it, you know, the, this applies to a lot of White Sox players, and, and this is just my own personal thing, but I think we all go through this, because I would include Tim Anderson in this, Eloy in this. When guys are hurt often, I think we all, at least me, start to think of them less as baseball players, right? Um, and he's not that good. Well, no, wait a minute. When he's healthy, he is really good. And when Eloy came back last year, you saw the opposite field power. You saw the slug. And it's just like, stay healthy, and this guy can crush the ball. And now he's in better shape even. Same thing with Tim Henderson. He's, he's such an athlete. Stay healthy, and we'll get back to seeing maybe that, that guy that won the batting title. So I, I feel like I've taken them down a notch just because they've been out of the lineup. But they're two different things. You can say a guy tends to get injured a lot, but you can also say he's a great player when he's healthy. And that's what I think of Eloy. He is a great player great hitter, I should say, when he's healthy. He might be, he might be, Shea, the most important hitter in that lineup because of the things he can do. I'm saying pure hitter. Now, Luis Robert is the best athlete, offense, even, but pure slug and everything else a guy can do at the plate, Eloy is good, as good as anybody on that team when he's healthy. So I agree with you. Everything we've seen so far is good. 
stay healthy, keep that weight down, run those bases the right way, don't get injured like you did last year, hitting first base, whatever, and we might see finally a career year out of him and maybe even a couple guys because it's about time Luis Robert comes into oh, yeah. his own with his talent, right, and Tim Anderson get back to who he was. So maybe, maybe the White Sox are due for a couple of those years. I mean, cross your fingers about the health first. Feels good to just be excited about Eloy Jimenez for the first time in a while. Jesse, last thing before I let you go, how's your bracket? Better than um, uh, most people. Not everyone. My final four is alive. That's huge. My final four is alive, so that's a start. I did have Furman first round. I didn't have Arizona going far, so I have, I have some things going for me. And then I have some other things not going so well. Uh, my the, the right hand of my bracket is what I was about to say. My The Midwest is where I'm screwed. I had all sorts of update, uh, upsets. My daughter goes to Iowa, so, of course, I had them winning a few. Oh. Um, the emotional have, pick. Yeah, I do have Pittsburgh going, winning a few more, so that's good. But um, it's not bad. I have, I have Baylor, Tennessee, Houston, UConn in the final four. So t- uh, Tennessee Duke is playing right now. I got to watch that when we hang up here. I have Baylor winning it all, so I got a shot, Shay. I got a better shot than your buddy Jonathan Hood, that's for sure. Well, that's what happens when you pick Arizona. Jesse, great info as always. Jesse Rogers joining us on White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network. Thanks, Jess. You got it, buddy. Take care. Uh, hey, grab your friends, head to the park for Miller Lite Baseball and Brews. Get one ticket and two beers starting at $19. Must be 21 and over with a valid ID. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash Brews. When we come back, I have some names from the minor leagues you should keep an eye on. And a fan favorite looks likely to make the roster. We'll tell you who that is. Coming up on White Sox Weekly, Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. On the home of the Chicago White Sox. ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. FM 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly. On the White Sox Radio Network, ESPN 1000, Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight today. You can catch the biggest matchups at the best value for the 2023 season. Enjoy flexible payment plans, a ticket exchange program, and more. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com slash ticket plans or call or text 312-674-1000. We have a fan favorite who is likely to make the roster this and. Great news. I'll get to that in a moment. And some of the names that you need to look at, some of the lesser-known prospects in the minor leagues, I will get to that. First, I want to go to the south side. We'll talk to Tracy as a question about the bullpen. Tracy, what's going on? Hi. I have a question. Uh, who do you think is the winner in the closer over? Who do you think will be wind up being the closer to Liam gets back? Yeah, uh, good question with Liam out uh, with the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It kind of sounds like it'll be a bit of a closer by committee. Kendall Graveman's probably the favorite to take on the bulk of those innings. Uh, How is Bummer doing? Bummer has been mentioned as as an option. He's I pitched, I believe, pretty well in the spring so far. Jake Diekman's an option. Uh, they could look to maybe Ronaldo Lopez to take on some of those innings. The thing, Tracy, I think is important, especially in modern baseball, Pedro Grafool said matchups are something he really believes in. Um, it doesn't sound like they're going to marry themselves to one name taking the final three outs for the White Sox. It feels like it's going to be a lot of 
What are the so, most high leverage at bats? Those could come in the seventh or eighth inning when the w- middle of a, an opposing order is up, and that's where they're going to lean on matchups. So you might see Kendall so Graveman in the seventh. Role. Yeah, it'll be. I think it's going to be a lot of closer by committee until Liam's able to go. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about marrying yourself. Thanks, Tracy. To who's going to have the final three outs? Um, I don't think that's super important, especially twenty twenty three baseball. It's such a different sport now. It used to be. You have a guy who has the closer mentality, who has the closer role, uh, goes out, gets those final outs in the ninth inning. Anymore, when you look at matchups and when you look at modern baseball and the analytics kind of making their way into the game, and you have a manager like Pedro Grafol who has said he believes in matchups, and you have a general manager in Rick Hahn who has also said, we're going to look at when the highest leverage is for a pitcher when the highest leverage at bats are when the middle of the order's up it's not always going to be the ninth inning you might have the seven eight nine hitter for the opposing team coming up in the bottom of the ninth you don't necessarily want to put high leverage closing inning closing outs on an arm there when you could use somebody else like a joe kelly or ronaldo lopez and spare kendall graveman that's where you might see kendall graveman take the closing role but it might be in the seventh or eighth inning it might not always be the final three outs so until liam gets back i wouldn't worry too much about what name you're going to see have those final three outs i want to mention billy hamilton a fan favorite who's just known for his speed his ability to steal bases it does sound like he's going to make the roster that's great for White Sox fans who just love this guy. He's a great dude in the locker room. Uh, He's great to have as a defensive replacement in the outfield. And then we're seeing it this spring. uh, Stolen bases are way up. Part of that's the big bases. Uh, Part of that might be because of the infield shifts and alignments going back to basics you have a better chance because maybe somebody's not playing right on top of the bag they have to actually get over to the base we're seeing stolen bases way up so billy hamilton a fan favorite uh looks likely to make the roster bring skill sets off the bench that are huge for the white Sox in a defensive ability in the outfield and the ability to steal bases something we might see come back a little bit uh this year in baseball i want to get to some of the minor league names one of them you've heard a ton oscar Colas is having a really nice spring and he's done something that I think is very important. He's stayed away from striking out. Oscar Colas is a guy who struck out a ton throughout his minor league time and this spring so far he's done a great job of showing discipline, of not uh, chasing pitches. Uh, It's been really impressive to see from him. So when you look at a guy who might be the everyday right fielder, might have the potential to make an all-star game. It's good to see that 12 hits and 40 at-bats, he's got a steal. He's hit a couple home runs. He's hitting the ball hard, uh, 300 average, 792 OPS. So it looks like a guy who maybe you were a little on the fence. Is he going to be in the everyday rotation? Is he going to be a part of this team in the lineup? Obviously important for the White Sox to have a lefty bat. Oscar Colas looks like every bit of that. Names you might not know or would know a little less, Brian Ramos has had an excellent spring as well. He was signed out of Cuba in 2018, and he's got the raw tools. Uh, So far in the spring, he's hitting over 300. He's shown the ability to be a middle-of-the-order bat. He's cemented himself kind of in that top three of the White Sox prospects, so that's something to get excited about. And then Sean Burke, who looks to be uh, kind of that fast riser in the organization. He's had two seasons in the minors. He's already made his way all the way to AAA, and he's looked really nice in his spring debut. For a White Sox team that's looking for some depth in, in starting pitching, he may be 
a middle of the rotation, back of the rotation guy, but he's flashed some front end stuff. Uh, he's had a good spring. So there you go. Some of the names you might not be as familiar with. Oscar Colas, Brian Ramos, Sean Burke coming up in the White Sox minor league system. Uh, and Colas again. The 30-plus at-bats, he's only struck out the one time. That's huge. Uh, he was known for striking out a ton in the minors. He was known for striking out a ton as a prospect. And this spring, really, I mean, if you go back and look, 120 strikeouts and 481 at-bats in his career in the minors, and then just the one strikeout and 30 at-bats this spring, that's really good sign if you're a White Sox fan. If you're looking for a guy in Oscar Colas who – it was billed as one of your top prospects. He's one of the few that's in the top 100 in this farm system uh, to go out and have the spring that he's had and kind of show that he can be an everyday right fielder for this team. That's huge for the White Sox. Uh, make sure... April 15th, join us at Guaranteed Rate Field on Saturday, April 15th, as the White Sox take on the Baltimore Orioles at 1.10 p.m. The first 15,000 fans will receive a 1993 American League West Division Champs crew neck presented by Coke Zero Sugar. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash promos. Uh, taking you right up to White Sox Baseball 305 first pitch. White Sox taking on the Dodgers with Michael Kopech starting. When we come back on White Sox Weekly, I'm going to take you around the league a little bit, some news and notes. Really bad luck for the Mets, both in spring training and in the World Baseball Classic. I'll tell you all about that. One of the World Series favorites got a string of bad luck there. And baseball is looking to really enforce one of their newer rules. I'll tell you which one when we come back. White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network and ESPN 1000. Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. 1000. Shane Orling in for Connor McKnight on ESPN 1000, the White Sox radio network, taking you right up to White Sox baseball, White Sox Dodgers from Glendale. Michael Kopech will be on the mound, his second spring start. And hey, join us in supporting Liam Hendricks during his fight against non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Purchase a closeout cancer shirt. Fans can also donate a shirt to an individual fighting cancer in Liam's honor. All proceeds will benefit the Lymphoma Research Foundation. Visit WhiteSox.com slash Team Liam to order a limited edition shirt. Uh, Want to tell you a little bit about what's going on around the league, and I'll start with the New York Mets, who are entering the season one of the World Series favorites. They signed Max Scherzer. They are, excuse me, they bring Max Scherzer back. They signed Justin Verlander, uh, united two former AL Central enemies in, in the uh, National League East for the New York Mets. But they've had a bit of bad luck to start this past week. The Mets announced veteran starter Jose Quintana will miss the season's first half following a bone graft surgery to his rib area. Then if you watch the World Baseball Classic, you may have saw, saw this. Closer Edwin Diaz, known for his high-energy entry in the ninth inning, closing out games for the Mets last season, suffered a season-ending torn patellar tendon while celebrating Puerto Rico's victory in the World Baseball Classic on Wednesday. That, I mean, when you talk about a guy celebrating his victory in the World Baseball Classic and coming off of the mound and ending up with a torn patellar tendon that's going to end his season, throws 
questions about the Mets bullpen into into the air. I think that's a huge worry. And then if you look for completing the hat trick, uh, their starting center fielder, who they signed this past offseason to a rather lucrative contract, Brandon Nemo, uh, hurt himself on Friday on an awkward slide. He was helped off the field. The Mets right now are calling that week to week after suffering a low-grade sprain to his knee and ankle. So Mets fans pretty used to being the redheaded stepchild in New York Pretty used to having some rather brutal luck. Uh, cannot feel great after a week of bad injuries. You get a hat trick of injuries with Quintana, with Diaz, and then with Brandon Nemo. The good news for the Mets, what's left is still pretty solid. You still have Scherzer. You still have Verlander. You still have one of the better uh, offenses in the National League. So it's it hurts to see that happen. One of the teams that, you know, if you're just a baseball fan, not outside of the White Sox and outside of Chicago, if you're a baseball fan, really excited to watch the Mets, Edwin Diaz, one of the more exciting pitchers in the league, it, it just stings a little bit when you see – I mean, this is as Mets as it gets. You get three injuries in the uh, two weeks before opening day that throw the season into question. Uh, probably the biggest is Edwin Diaz, but losing then the starting center fielder week to week, it doesn't sound like the greatest uh, diagnosis, especially when you saw he was helped off the league. Also, Major League Baseball going around the league sent a memo to all 30 clubs uh, regarding sticky stuff, which has become... Quite the point of contention in the past couple of seasons. We know that the enforcement started um, checking on pitchers to make sure they're not putting any sticky stuff, the spider tack, somewhere on their uniform. It gives them a better grip on the ball, was allowing them to artificially inflate their spin rates, uh, all types of things that really contributed to being harder on hitters, raising strikeout rates around the league. Well, the league issued a memo on the sticky stuff that they're going to work to enforce this a little harder. Inspections of pitchers would be more vigilant and unpredictable than in the past. Uh, Beginning immediately, umpires would be empowered to inspect any part of a player's uniform that raises suspicions. And this is the big one. If umpires spot a pitcher in the act of wiping off his hands before an inspection, they would have the go-ahead to eject that pitcher immediately. So last season, we know that there was the memo sent out during spring training that they really wanted to enforce this. What we ended up seeing was spin rates continued to rise all season. There was not a single ejection. There was only one instance during the entire regular season of a manager asking the umpires to inspect uh, a pitcher. So MLB is giving this a second effort. And it was first reported in The Athletic last month. The league is alerting teams this spring that it plans to be more aggressive this season in enforcing its rules on the use of sticky stuff by pitchers all across baseball. So they sent that memo out. Uh, We'll wait and see how well this gets enforced. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer of the Blue Jays told The Athletic, if there's a way to crack down even more, I'll sit back and wait and see. Uh, I just don't know. I just feel like guys are going to try to figure out a way to get around it, if that's fair to say. It felt like if you watched a lot of the league last year, guys did find a way around it, whether it's because it wasn't enforced, whether it's they figured out different types of ways to get things done that they needed to do to be able to use sticky substances. A lot of talk about a guy like James Karinchek uh, from the Cleveland Guardians putting things in his hair. I know there was talk about Garrett Cole doing things like that. Um, it seemed to be early in the season when they, or at least in June of 2021, two seasons ago, 
when they first started policing this, it worked really well. Spin rates dipped heavily. Uh, right away, we kind of saw the crackdown really work. And almost immediately, later in that season, the spin rates started going back up. Last season, we saw just consistently spin rates on the rise. So Major League Baseball really looking for a way uh, to try and crack down on this and make sure that you're not going to be able to use those substances. Uh, players around the league, like Kiermaier, a little questionable of whether or not this is actually going to work. A guy like Kevin Gaussman, he said, I think there are certain teams out there that push the envelope. There are ways of gaining some grip without having something sticky on you. Uh, even just moisture can give you some level of, quote, sticky. Now, is that a sticky substance? Not necessarily. So that's a pitcher for the Blue Jays, Kevin Gaussman, going out and saying, you know, it's going to be difficult to check. If they're going to check if your pants are wet, how can they determine whether that's sweat or water or a substance that you're using to get a better grip? The pitcher might know, but how's an umpire going to know? So we'll wait and see. I find it fascinating that umpires and Major League Baseball are going out once again in a real effort to crack down on this and to enforce this and get rid of the spin rate increase and get rid of the sticky stuff. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it uh, works for a full season because it hasn't yet. But maybe this is the year it finally sticks. Third time is the charm. All right, join us for Family Sundays presented by Coca-Cola at Guaranteed Rate Field. Bring your family out to the ballpark for a day full of fun. Tickets start at just $10. Visit WhiteSox.com slash Sunday to purchase your tickets today. A lot of fun filling in for Connor McKnight, who is on his way back from Arizona, I hope, bringing some weather with him. I know it's just 64 degrees. First pitch coming up in about eight minutes. Uh, I know it's just 64 degrees in Glendale today, but boy, does 64 sound a whole lot better than what we got going on in Chicago if you're out and about. About 15 degrees when I was on my way into the office today. White Sox Weekly on the White Sox Radio Network and ESPN 1000. Uh, First pitch, like I mentioned, coming up, seven and a half minutes. Lennon DJ will have the call. Michael Kopech on the mound as the White Sox look to get a win in spring trading against the Dodgers. Uh, Michael Kopech going for his second spring start. The first one, three innings pitched, one strikeout, no hits in that first outing. He looks to repeat that today. White Sox baseball coming up next. ESPN 1000, the White Sox radio network.